Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to On Communication, the podcast brought to you by the College of Media and Communication at Texas Tech University. I'm your host, James Loss, and I'm here to bring you in-depth conversations with faculty and friends of the college. We like to talk about journalism, advertising, public relations, creative media, and so much more. Just as long as we all get to learn something new, and I am sure you will. So once again, welcome, and we are so glad you decided to join us today. As for today's episode, we will be discussing robots, more specifically, artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence has proven itself crucial in an ever-changing advertising landscape. These systems are capable of creating their own creative content, mining users' data for targeted advertisements, and one of them even has 3 million followers on Instagram. For the purpose of navigating these strange waters today, I'm sitting here with Dr. Ralph Arif, PhD and Assistant Professor of Journalism and Creative Media Industries in the College of Media and Communication. Dr. Arif currently teaches a graduate-level course on contemporary issues in communication technologies, which is focused on artificial intelligence for this go-around. And thank goodness for that, because that sounds exactly like the type of expertise we're going to need to get through this hefty but very, very compelling topic today. Dr. Arif, it is a great pleasure to be sitting here with you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so very much, James. Uh, It's just awesome to have uh, amazing weather. Uh, when I am talking to you, I can see like rain falling outside. It's just uh, it's so amazing. And uh, particularly, I have a reference to talk about rain today. Anyways, when we get started, like we'll talk about it. Well, that sounds great to me. And like I said about three times already, I think I am very excited for this conversation. So I vote we jump right into it. Artificial intelligence in advertising. Now, when we think of advertising, we often think of commercials and billboards and the likes. However, an article from eMarketer says by 2023, artificial intelligence will account for 80% of advertising revenue, and that revenue is projected to hit $518 billion by the same year. That is a massive portion of a massive amount of money. Dr. Arif, where is the trend coming from? What is making AI so critical to the advertising world? Yeah, James, that's a that's a great question. Also, like particularly the context you provided us, like it's a billions of dollars of industry and revenue, right? Okay, so James, just let's revisit ourselves as human beings only 100 years back. So rewind ourselves, press the rewind button, go back 100 years, which is nothing because there are some human beings who are still alive on this planet who are like little over 100 years old. So they can verify that information as well. 100 years ago, when there was no artificial intelligence, uh, business owners were still looking for mechanisms uh, where they can get the forecast about something and then be able to sell their products. People would read the newspapers. A shopkeeper would read the newspaper and look at the rain forecast. And if it is supposed to rain today, or in six hours or tomorrow or tonight within 24 hours, what they would do, a shopkeeper would make sure to have enough umbrellas to sell, right? So that like, so this, this, this desire, human desire to be able to benefit from the prediction, that's important for us to understand. 
where before we start talking about artificial intelligence. So that's the same principle. What IBM did, for example, they invented Mr. Watson. Mr. Mr. Watson, their artificial intelligence is being used in several different uh, sectors of our lives. One is medical health science, health sector. The other one is academia. The third one is where artificial intelligence and Mr. Uh, sorry, Mr. Watson and, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and some weather related channels, including weather channel, the weather channel are also benefiting from Mr. Watson. So why the weather channel decided to collaborate with Mr. Watson, right? The same, same, same example of umbrella now. So when Mr. Watson's AI has access to the forecast, how weather in real time, now I'm talking about real time, when, when they have access like, hey, within an hour or within two hours or within six hours, there will be rainfall, right? So since everything is hap happening digitally, that, that piece of information does two things. One, it is telling the person who is looking at weather channel on their smartphones, for example, that, hey guys, it's gonna rain. So you better be prepared, right? So second thing, Mr. Mr. Watson, which is again that AI, is sending that information to the potential advertisers. You, do you wanna sell your umbrella, by the way, right? It is the high time to sell your umbrella. If you do, do you want me to take your ad and place it up there. So what if this same weather channel is telling me or same mechanism is telling me, hey, it's gonna be terribly cold outside. Get your jacket. So now with this weather prediction, now if, if we are living in an area where it's too cold, like now there is a chance that Eddie Bauer or, uh, uh, or Patagonia or, uh, or like any other, any other brand, let's talk about any other brand. I don't want to specify to, to the companies. These AI mechanisms can alert them. Do you want to sell your jackets? Are there any sales on jackets? And even if I, I got the idea like, hey, for the, for the next couple of days, Texas is going to be crazy cold, which actually happened, right? And honestly, James, I'm now using the real life examples. So Weather Channel was a different app. My Facebook was a different app. I started seeing so many ads popping up, particularly from one brand. It, it was Eddie Bauer, right? So they started pop, these ads, ads started popping up on my Facebook app. Hey, by the way, these jackets are on sale. High time to buy jackets. They're not telling me that it's whether cold or hot. Look at the, look at like, first the predictability influenced my behavior and my future course of action. Later, they gave me a very specified, targeted ad that jackets are on sale. Okay, wow. So you're, you're saying that because Watson is tapped into the Weather Channel, he has the ability to alert advertisers, alert companies when certain weather is coming, and then gives them the opportunity to sell coats, umbrellas, whatever it is that weather calls for. Precisely. And then what happens later? Then in your email, you, you receive a ping, and then that tells you, hey, here is a $10 coupon for you to use within next week. It's a very sophisticated, organized, uh, beautiful crime, I would say.
which I really enjoy. I want this crime to be committed to me over and over again. As a consumer, I enjoy this process. It is so much targeted. And that's the beauty of AI. That is something that has never ever happened in the past to a human being. A person who would sell umbrellas would not be able to influence the behavior of their consumers, right? He or she, that shopkeeper will have to wait for another person to stop by and then just place that umbrella right in front of them. That's what they would be able to do. But now everything, AI's ability to influence our behavior in terms of like future, like what James or Ralph will do in next 24 hours, AI can actually predict that. That's the beauty. And once you have that precision of predictability, then AI will help advertisers to craft precise ads. I teach my students, they walk into my classes, the very first day they think AI is a genie, it's a Frankenstein's monster, it's something like it's a separate entity and we, we are separate human beings and we are just like Terminator, we are at war with each other. That's not the case. It's already, it's already becoming part and parcel of our lives. We are basically, we as human beings are helping AI in order for AI to help us back. It's like, it's a, it's a, it's a common stakeholder in the room. Right, right. So our last topic actually got us into this next topic pretty well by way of users' data. Artificial intelligence can do some really crazy things when it's gathering our data like that. It can use semantic analyses to predict our ad preferences. It can even simulate our touch points to deliver personalized ads. And when I think about that stuff, it's hard to imagine there's not going to be some ethical concerns in there somewhere. Case in point, if you'll allow me to share a quick story real quick, the other day I was looking for a new gym because as a graduate student, I can no longer use Texas Tech's rec facility for free. So I needed a new gym. I was discussing with my roommate and I said this name of one gym. I only said it out loud. I never typed it into Google, nothing like that ever. And the next day, my Instagram feed had at least three to four ads for this gym. And I thought it was so crazy just because I never typed it in. Not once. I only said it out loud. For some reason, it'd be easier for me to accept if I had Googled it because, yeah, it's there. That's a digital footprint I left behind. But I only spoke it. And yet still they can deliver that ad to me. So, Dr. Arif, like I said earlier, I imagine there has to be some ethical concerns coming up in this field somewhere. Uh, James, you raised a very, very important question here. Uh, ethical dilemmas are becoming bigger and bigger because money motivation, the driving force is everyone wants to maximize their profits. And uh, privacy, so now the basic ethical concern is the invasion of privacy, right? Uh, privacy which used to be our, or we still think this is our, this is our basic human right just like freedom to speech, uh, freedom, have, having access to like good healthcare and stuff. Privacy was just like those big virtues used to be our, our most important uh, kind of like uh, property that we used to hold. And what started happening with the, with the invention of these technologies and, uh, and uh, 
and their popularity in our lives, we started giving up privacy without realizing. Since we were not aware, it does not mean that somebody should commit a robbery on our privacy, right? Unfortunately, many bigger companies and third parties, they actually started committing robberies, right? The, like, think about like those cookies they leave on our web searches and stuff. Then they went even further. So ethical dilemma is, is, is a big thing, and this is going to be a big battleground for our new legislations that, go, that are going to take place. Just to give you a couple of examples, one, when you talked about, uh, about like you just talked about gym and like ads started popping up. Uh, two years ago, I was teaching uh, my class social media and social movements, um, and I had to start teaching at 5 p.m. all the way up until like 8 p.m. I immediately decided to run towards the sub-student building union over here at Texas Tech, and I knew there is Chick-fil-A. So when I, when I rushed there, honestly, I forgot my, all of my technologies, my smartwatch, my smartphone, except my wallet in my pocket. I went there, bought my chicken nuggets, and then came back and straight away went to the class to start teaching. And every time I would open my smartphone and like my Facebook app would keep giving me Chick-fil-A ad. I was surprised. I was astonished. The reason I never took my smartphone and smartwatch or any other technology with me. I decided to pause the class and ask my students, hey, by the way, can you help me? Can you help me understand how the heck this, this advertiser knew that I, I actually went to Chick-fil-A and bought Chick-fil-A. One of my students, he helped me. He goes like, Dr. Arif, by the way, did you pay with cash or credit card? I said, credit card. And he goes like, there you go. So once you used your credit card, the AI, which is clustering, again, clustering your information, they, they immediately, they, they alerted advertiser, hey, Rauf used his credit card to a Chick-fil-A, which means he's interested in Chick-fil-A for future. So let's give him more and more ad so that he, we can entice him to buy more Chick-fil-A. So that was without even the use of technology. That was the biggest invasion on my privacy through the use of my credit card. Okay, so speaking on that process right there, you used your credit card and then you get the ad. Was that all completed by AI or did the AI see your credit card come up and then it pinged a, a human person, so to speak? Or was it strictly AI gathering that information and then delivering the ad based on the information? That's a great question. That, that also that takes me to the next point. First, to answer your simplistic answer to your question, AI is doing it by itself the way it has been designed to do. So also like the second part for this question to, to, to help our listeners who, who probably need more context, uh, context about it, how it does that. Two things happen in marketing, right? Or in advertising. One, you wanna market your content, which you usually say like advertise your content, right? Second, content creation. These are two things. Right? So many people think AI is just marketing the content. In fact, AI, AI is doing all these two things all together. Right? It is creating the content and it is also marketing the content. Oh my goodness. Robots creating content. Oddly enough, you probably couldn't have teed up the next topic any better. But 
Bear with us for a second. We'll be right back. You are listening to The Communicator, brought to you by the College of Media and Communication at Texas Tech University. I'm your host, James Loss. Today, we're talking to Dr. Ralph Arif about artificial intelligence in advertising. Let's see what else we got. I just want to take a moment to express how scary this conversation feels at times. Again, I'm going to go back to Watson, for example. Um, They portray him as a little box sitting on a table, right, in the commercials. I don't know if that's what he actually looks like, but all the stuff we've talked about, it is a little bit scary to think about that box sitting there, so quiet, so innocent-seeming, but really he's got millions, maybe billions of tethers reaching out into the ether and just scooping up all this data, and then he's making content with that data. It's not all Watson, of course, but you get the point. Now, back to robots creating content, that process actually has a name, and it's called programmatic creative. Programmatic creative is the generation of digital assets from stock photos or videos to assemble personalized ads based on data about the user, their groups, context, and more. In other words, robots are making ads which are geared specifically for one person. Yes, it's already creepy enough they're making ads by themselves, but they can do it specifically for one person. I might see an advertisement on the internet somewhere, but that advertisement exists nowhere else but on my phone for no one else but me. It was created for me. With everything else we've talked about so far, something like this makes me think, why do we even need human advertisers anymore? Dr. Arif, Do you see a day when AI conquers the advertising job market? Maybe not conquers, but puts a real big hit on it, similar to automation in production lines? Yeah, for sure. See, think about it like, James, advertising jobs, like there are so many components of any job. There are so many components, right? There are fewer jobs who will be in advertising industry who will be modified human-related jobs to a different scale or different level. Those people who used to rely on data from like from those like third party cookies and stuff, they're going to disappear. AI does not require third party cookies. AI is doing everything on its own. So those jobs and those smaller companies, those third party companies are going to go away. Second, uh, those people who were who were in negotiation with those other companies, hey, we will we will give you more more website traffic, for example, for human beings. We will target the audiences. We are going to launch that campaign. Those campaign people in the market, they are going to go away. However, those people who are actually putting the ad together, where the creativity part goes, that's where like more and more jobs will pop up in advertising agency. So creative content is as important as it used to be but now the creative content, so one size does not fit all in the advertising agency any longer. If James wants to buy or if Ralph wants to buy, um, buy Chick-fil-A or, uh, or a smartphone or something, any product, he or she wants that ad should be trimmed down according to his or her desires in order to, to, to get enticed to pay money for that. So one kind of one kind of ad for one product is not going to be enough and that's where the industry will start putting in more human resource 
and will start taking away all the middleman. So from from the and that's why I was saying like content creation and content marketing. These are two components we need to understand. Right. Simplistic content can be created uh, now Verizon, but it used to be, I believe, um, Yahoo. They they once introduced something where a, a kind of like AI software where it would aggregate all the data about like sports act activities and stuff. And and like in real time, it would create the content. It would write the news story. Like who is winning, who is losing, how many points and stuff. So those human beings, those journalists, sports, sports journalists who, who were dedicated to do that task no longer exist. But it does not mean that journalism in journalism and a, a human connection of journalism is gone. It's just it is shifting so, so quickly. So what I'm hearing is that because we're going to implement this new technology in an old industry, there will be some changes. People are going to get cut out, those middlemen like you were talking about. But also because it's a new technology in an old industry, we'll see some new jobs pop up. We'll see that we need people to do this or we need people to do that, which wasn't needed before because AI was not ubiquitous at that point. Does that sound right? A little bit of a give and take? Precisely. Uh, your summary is correct. So we are going through a shift like where we see every industry, including advertising industry, they're morphing, they're not dying. Because there was a time I remember, like when I was in my doctoral program, everyone started talking about that journalism is dead. And at some point, I started realizing, no, it was never dead. The industry was, journalistic industry was morphing. And it did morph. And it continues to morph because of these information and communication technologies uh, and all the innovation that's taking place in the society. And that's how I see that. I, that's why, James, like when you reached out to me and you talked about the advertising and AI content, I immediately, I was thrilled about it. At least somebody is documenting this fact. Hey, this industry is morphing. Pay heed. Everyone pay heed. Anyone who is going into PR and advertising, they need to pay attention. When they graduate, they are going to face a very different challenge. Take heed is certainly right, Dr. Arif. This stuff is popping up everywhere. It's popping up in the most bizarre ways. And I think this has no research backing, so please mind me for a second. I think people are kind of ignoring the surge of this stuff because it's creepy. This conversation has given me chills on multiple occasions because it's, it's a huge change. It's a huge doorway leading to so many unknowns. And humans, we're creatures of habit. We don't like change. We don't like to step outside our comfort zone, even though that's probably the best thing for us. You know, motivational speakers love to tell you to step outside your comfort zone. I'm a big believer in it. I truly do. But something like this that's really going to throw the world for a loop, it can be scary to think about. And sometimes it's easier to not talk about it at all. As for our next topic, I believe it's going to take some people very far outside their comfort zone. However, it is my favorite topic of the day by far, and I hope you guys will enjoy it as much as I do. Virtual endorsers. This is a much more blatant example of using AI in advertising. A virtual endorser is quite literally a virtual avatar acting as a real person promoting brands. Perhaps the most well-known virtual endorser is Lil Michaela. 
Lil Michaela was created by Brud, a startup focused in CGI. Now she has over 3 million followers on Instagram. She was named as one of Time Magazine's most influential people on the internet in 2018, and she promotes highly priced fashion brands like Prada, Balenciaga, and Kenzo. But she's fake. Completely fake. She's like a video game character. Now, I should say that she's not exactly AI at the moment, but venture capitalists like Betaworks have invested heavily in this technology, and their ultimate goal is for virtual endorsers who are run by AI. As if this conversation was not freaky enough already, now we have video game characters wearing Prada, running Instagram accounts. Dr. Arif, please try to help me understand the purpose of this. Why not use a real celebrity? That's a, that's a great topic, James. Uh, for those people, for those industries, for those small companies who are, who are using CGI's kind of influencers or chatbots and stuff, it's just, it's so fascinating for them. Let's say like, I want to advertise Prada or I want to advertise a swimsuit or something, right? One day, and I'm sorry that I'm using this, this language that I'm going to use, but that's the reality. One day, if I want to I wanna advertise a swimsuit, maybe I want my CGI's or my influencer's butt look in a certain different way or a body figure look in a certain different way. You can easily manipulate which is impossible to do with a real human influencer. Next day, I want to advertise a Ray-Ban or, uh, or any other like glasses to wear. That day, I want eyes and everything on the face look in a certain way. You can easily manipulate. With human being, it's very difficult. And if that influencer is already influencing so many fan bases, right, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work really well. They don't have to go through those challenges. Sometimes they can trim down the body. Other times they can just, they can, they can like make the, some, some of the body parts a little bigger or smaller. When they designed that face, Lil Michaela's face, they actually used AI and then they aggregated data from all around the world that what are average preferences of people like what is more sexy what kind of nose is more sexy to people what kind of skin tone is more sexy to people what kind of overall human face is more sexy to people and based on that aggregated data that's how that face they designed it's actually coming from real human desires so it's like predictability the same thing that i said in the beginning if i design that face face chances are there will be more people who will follow her this is an opportunity from business perspective this is a grave challenge from ethical perspective and uh, in between there is so much gray area and that's why in that gray area many companies are benefiting from it yeah and that summary that you just provided is sort of like a summary of this entire conversation. You have the ethical concerns, you have the fact that these things are probably going to be taking jobs from some people, and eventually, if everything goes right like Betaworks wants it to, uh, they'll be creating their own content fairly soon. So that's a whole lot of stuff wrapped into one, and it really does represent a big stake in the future of artificial intelligence, the way this thing is going. And we've just barely begun to talk about it. You know, there's so much more we could say in this conversation. 
unfortunately we are out of time so dr arif is there anything else you'd like to add anything else that's special to you something extremely interesting i think uh james we had an excellent discussion uh the reason i i really appreciated your initiative is the fact that there is so much research that's taking place in these areas but that research the target audience of that research is also those fellow academics and experts or specialized spe- specialists in the field we have to make sure that this becomes this gets triggered down to common man to a person to a layman to a person who whose life is actually going to be uh, going to get affected one way over the other right in right way or wrong way that's a separate debate but these kind of podcasts and these these kinds of discussions are going to open up the door or opportunity for other people to understand what's changing around them because it has implications for uh, for jobs it has cultural implications it has uh, it has implications for our overall well-being down the road right uh, it has like those ethical and legal related like implications and dilemmas that we we need to talk about it had been uh, it had been a wonderful opportunity james uh, it was wonderful discussion i know this topic is huge i know like it's a never ending uh, never ending topic i think let's end our discussion with this way it was just the beginning of uh, uh, of uh, uh, it, it was the beginning to try to understand what is going to happen Oh yes, don't worry. You can count on another conversation because not only has this been the most interesting thing I got to explore, but it is going to be changing rapidly, exponentially. There's going to be something new to talk about every month probably, and I would love to. This has been such a blast. Thank you so much for taking the time, Dr. Arif. Really, it was a great pleasure. Thank you again. Likewise, it was a pleasure, James. Thank you very much. Well, all right, folks. It looks like that's all the time we have today. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in, and again, a big, big thank you to Dr. Ralph Arif for those wonderful insights. Please join me next time as I sit down with Dr. Nick Bowman to discuss the many communicative implications and attributes of video games. This has been James Loss for On Communication. I hope you all learned something today because I know I did.